Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we had a little two week break, but we're back in action, back talking to you guys. Um, ever so often I'll take a break. Um, sometimes they're planned breaks and sometimes they're breaks because I think I've mentioned this to you guys before when things get very, um, hectic for me at work. Um, sometimes it's like, I'm not in a good mental space to kind of do the podcast as much in a sense that, um, there's a lot going on and, and there's a lot going on in my brain and trying to kind of navigate that, that comes from work and then navigate this can be challenging for me. I'm working on it. Um, because I plan content out and everything, but then when it relies upon me to actually just sit and speak, sometimes it just, my mind is a little too, um, flooded. So I'm trying to work through that. I've also, um, been able to, or really been working on getting up even earlier. So I'm an early riser. If you, if you haven't heard me say that before, I, I get up really early, no matter what, um, and I'm trying to get to the point of waking up even earlier because I have so many things I want to do in the morning as part of a morning ritual to get myself ready for the day. So I'd be curious to hear what you guys, what your morning rituals are. Mine, um, as of late, has been uh, morning meditation and then doing some reading that is beneficial to me on a, on a spiritual level and then kind of getting out of bed and starting the day. And so being able to do that, I just require a little more time in the morning because I'm not a person who likes to rush. When I get up in the morning, I do not want to rush. I want to take my time. I want to slow walk to the bathroom for the shower. I want to take my time. I always want to just be taking my time, making my breakfast, you know, um, having tea, like sitting and sipping my tea. I don't want to take anything on the go as far as like my tea. I want to have that moment. So I'm not a person who likes to be in a rush in the morning. So I'm, I'm willing to wake up at like five in the morning just and knowing that I won't leave the house until like 830, but needing like all that time in the morning because I'm also not a night person. One of my one of my best friends said she called me the other night at 950 something and I was like, oh, girl, you know, I was in bed sleep. <laughs> so I'm not a late person. Um, but I am a very early riser. And so I try to get things done in the morning. So my best time a day to do things is in the morning, which up to and includes recording the podcast. So I've tried to record the podcast in the evenings and it just doesn't work for me, especially um, given that most of the time I've already been talking all day about things. I can't just come home and talk. So I start my day off talking to you guys um, by recording early in the morning. So on the break um, that I had, I had a couple of, um, I had some time to think about some different things I wanted to do with the podcast, some content I wanted to share with you guys, um, reflect on some of the um, past episodes that I've had that have been quite popular. I'm getting a lot of requests for a follow-up on our um, dating and relationships podcast. The one I had where um, Chantel and Shauna co-hosted with me. That was very popular. People want to hear more. Um, there have been some really <laughs> incredible um, articles out about um, why women aren't getting married and attributed, attributing it to men being broke, which is very fascinating to me. Um, and it would be something to follow up with that conversation. So we're definitely going to get that going, uh, next month. I can't believe it's already at the end of September, but so we're going to get that going. Um, they're bringing a lot of conversations about home ownership. I want to bring you guys into a conversation and a thought process that I'm having as it relates to buying an additional home and, um, want to kind of take the opportunity to walk through that process with you guys, um, in the different highlighted areas about, 
how do you obtain property when you need to invest um, rather than live in it? And um, kind of like going through the process of how do you get the startup money, the money you need to do the repairs, um, if that's where you're going, like that kind of stuff. So I want to, I'll be walking through that process with you guys in the coming months as I'm going through it in the coming months because I'm going to start it very shortly and, um, and and things like that. But I want to take the opportunity today specifically since it's been a little break and I had can tell from reading the stats and I want to say, let me just start there. Thank you guys so much for listening, sharing. Um, I've seen an uptick in the number of listening, listens to the podcast. Um, you guys see you guys listening. Um, you're going back and, and, and listening to old episodes. I really appreciate that. And the numbers look really good. Um, and it's really, it's really exciting to me because this is a labor of love. You know, I do this because I love to do it and because I, I love to share and talk and communicate with you guys in this way about something that I find critically important for us as a people, for all of us. And so, I mean, I've done been doing this podcast for now going on two years. I mean, January will be two years. I've had over 10,000 listens to the episodes on about 170. This will be the 178th episode. And it really is just, it's just, to know that there are so many people listening, it's really just an honor for me. And I really appreciate that. Continue to share as you have been. Share, share. You know, if you have three friends who you think could benefit from this, send them a quick email with the link, share it. Um, and, and let people know you're listening. And I, and I know you guys listen and I really, really appreciate that. But I wanted to say today, I want to go back to, to a basic that I haven't covered in a while, and again, in the next couple of weeks, I feel like I'll be covering some basics just to kind of reset and, and let people know who haven't, who maybe haven't been listening from the very beginning, some of the things and fundamentals that kind of are the basis for financial emancipation. So the one I want to go over today is one that is is the basically the fundamental, from my, from my perspective, the fundamental to financial emancipation or financial freedom. And these are the five ways to walk towards your financial freedom. So if you go back all the way to the very beginning of the podcast, almost two years ago, I did an episode a day on each of these five ways to walk towards your financial um, financial freedom. I'm gonna cover all of them today, um, just as like a, re, a reminder um, of the basis for when you're trying to kind of get your finances in order. You know, this is, I've said this before, it's, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's an ongoing race it's, it's things will happen you'll need to readjust you'll need to restart um you know your finances can be dictated a lot by all the things that you do and then all the things that you try to avoid and then there can be things that just are unavoidable and so you have to be able to kind of zigzag move around when it comes to your finances always having a long-term financial goal but understanding that there is not one way to walk towards your finances, but there are some fundamentals that you have to kind of have in order to to always be able to find your center when it comes to your finances, because they are playing a part in your life. And again, things are happening. You're, you're, you're making life changes. You may be getting into a long term relationship or getting married, having children. You may experience the, the death of a loved one. You may have to t- begin to take care of an additional family member who wasn't a, you know, a person who was in your care before you could lose a job. You could get a better job. Like a lot of things can happen and they happen in an instant and then it changes things with your finances. And so in, sometimes you have to be able to roll with those punches. But if you have a good solid foundation, it makes it a little bit easier. So we're going to talk about the five ways to walk towards your financial freedom. And so these are just for me, 
I created these five ways because I think that they're the they're the be- kind of like a good like I said a good bedrock a good place to know okay no matter what's going on outside you can always kind of revert back to these five things. So the first thing is stop being afraid to talk about money. So money is talking about money is so cliche. It's so I wouldn't even say it's cliche. Let me take that back. It's 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 got a um. It's taboo. People don't want to talk about money. They don't talk about how much money you make. People don't want to talk about how much money they have. People don't want to talk about how much money they don't have, how much they're spending on things. There's a lot of things about money that people are afraid to talk about. They're afraid afraid to talk about it in open settings like this one. They're afraid to talk about it in settings with close people who they're in relationship with. And there's a lot of shame that goes around money. And so people don't want to talk about it. You know, we've always been taught that money is private. It's a private thing. You don't talk about it. It's private. It's private. You know, there are aspects of your finances that don't need to be put on your social media. They don't need to be blasted. But in relationship with people, not talking about money hinders you. You know, um, money is not the enemy. Okay, it's and people say that money is the root of all evil. You have to continue to read that Bible verse. It's not that money is the root of all evil. It's that money can be utilized for for negativity because money is power and power. Any type of power can be wielded negatively against anyone. So money is not the, the enemy. It really is about your attitude towards money. You know, but you have to be willing to discuss it open and honestly before you can even begin to venture into into its usage. You know, you have to be able to talk about it. So if you're having a money or financial issue, an issue that is causing you financial stress, um, you're, you're not sleeping, you're having trouble eating, you're trying, you're having trouble making ends meet. That's a conversation you need to have with people around you. If you have a lot of debt, if you are, if you've made some bad financial decisions, if you have money just sitting around and don't know what to do with it, these are conversations that you need to have. And I understand why everyone is very protective of it because, you know, people can, people can do things to you they can take advantage of you they can do things that are harmful to you in the name of money in an effort to gain money or take money from you um but understanding that being honest and talking about money is the first step to having a solid financial foundation because you'll be able to speak about the issue that you're having if you're having trouble with your credit if you're having trouble getting a mortgage or making your mortgage payment all these kind of things are things you should be able to talk to the people who are in your life and closest to you about So that's number one of the five ways to walk towards your financial freedom. Stop being afraid to talk about money. The second one is a really important one. I think a lot of people don't um, don't think enough about respect the money you have. You know, oh, my goodness, you'll talk to anybody I talk to about money. Anytime we have these financial discussions, what do I hear from folks? If I just have more money, if I just have more money and that's the biggest lie that we're telling about finances is that if I had more money, I'd be better. That's not true. If you can't manage the $10 you have, you, will, you won't be able to manage 10,000, 100,000, or a million. You know, you have to respect the money that you have and be able to honor the money you have before the universe will set you into a space and place that had where you get more money. And if, because if you do, you will have the same behaviors that you have with the $10 with the $10,000 and you will watch it go away just as fast or be misused or abused just as fast. The relationship which you have with, that you have with money is essential. And again, that goes back to n- the number one, which is being if, be not being afraid to talk about money. You have to be able to talk about money and also talk about the relationship you have with money. Because if you have a negative relationship with money, which many of us do, 
it comes back to how you were raised. We talk about this all the time. You know, the way your mother or father, whomever you got your financial lessons from, showed you that there was what to do with money. Sometimes they taught you to lie. Sometimes they taught you to to do other things that were not good. That is where you got that from. So you have to talk about it. And then you have to learn to be respectful of the money you have if you expect to get more. So it's really, really digging into that relationship with money. And if you don't respect what you have, why exactly would you get more? And that's in any situation, right? We tell kids that, why, you know, I'm going to buy you these toys, but if you break them, I'm not going to buy you anymore. Well, this is the similar thing is when it comes to money. Um, number three on that is to honor your debts. You know, it is not okay to owe money and act as if you don't owe it. <laughs> it is not okay to borrow money from a person or an institution and pretend as if you don't owe it and not pay it. I'm not saying there aren't situations and circumstances that come up where you have to make the decision between buying food and paying for a credit card bill. Listen, things like that happen and you have to deal with that. Um, but there are instances where people think they don't need to pay the debt that they have because they don't want to <laughs> and they prefer to do something else. You must honor your debts. And and there's no good favor that comes from being a person who avoids their debts, particularly when you avoid debts that you have to other people. You know, banks and institutions may, may be far more forgiving, but people are not. And when you owe people money, and it, it's a dishonorable way to handle money if, in fact, you, you, you owe people money and you don't repay the money that you have. Now, listen, if you, if you have to borrow money, you're in a bad space. Right. And so you have to borrow the money you need it and you're going to get over the hump that you're on. And if a person was generous enough to give that to you in your time of need, then you also need to be an honorable person and honor whatever whatever agreement you made to pay it back. And if you can't or if something comes up that you can't, then you need to speak to it again, going back to, you know, the first one, which is not to be afraid to talk about money. If you're having trouble making a payment back in an arrangement, even with a company, but as especially with another individual, you have to be open and speak about that because it is, it speaks to who you are. It speaks to your character when you are, when you borrow money and you don't repay it. Um, and people will, you, you're, you're not really doing a good, a good service to yourself about speaking to favor that you will get in the universe. Cause some of this is just about universal favor. And if you want to have that, you have to be honorable in how you handle the money that you have. Also the money that you borrow. So you must honor your debts. Number four is to track your money. So it, 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 it's amazing to me when I talk to folks and they tell me, you know, you can ask them some quick questions off the top of their head and they cannot tell you, you know, exactly how much money do they bring in, exactly where their money goes, but they can tell you they don't have enough. And a lot of times that's because they're putting their money in some sort of backwards place in their space and place in space and hoping for the best. So it's like the money gets the direct deposit onto their debit card and they just keep swiping it and just hoping for the day when it's not rejected. In the era that we're in now with mobile banking and online banking, there's no reason why you don't at a minimum know exactly where your money is, right? But like anything else, you you, you you follow people on social media so that you can follow them, so you can track them, right? And you follow people on Twitter. Why would you not want to put that same level of effort into following your money. You account for where everything else that's important to you is. You know where all your shoes are. You know where your bags are. You know where your car is. You got a little butt thing on your phone that can tell you where your car is. You track your significant others so you know where they are. You're following your kids around via these these apps and things to know where they are. 
Why don't you know where your money is? Where is it? How is it being used? How much of it you have? And, and you know, if I ask these questions, how much money do you have in your savings? That should be something you should be able to answer within a couple of hundred dollars, you know? If I ask you how much money you got in I got $1,800 in my savings. You should be able to answer because you should know where your money is. You have to track your money because it's that important. It is that important for your whole entire like basis of your finance, your financial situation. Tracking your money is very high because you need to know where it is. You can't change how you're going to handle the money if you have no idea how much it is, where it is, and where is it going. You know, there are many times in, like now, all these streaming services, we'll sign up for things. We sign up for, you know, Spotify and Tidal. You know, and shout out to Tidal. I love, I love Tidal and Spotify. Spotify is a really good place to listen to the podcast. Uh, but we'll pay these premium rates. Then we'll have Netflix and we'll have Hulu and we'll have this thing on Apple. And all of a sudden you realize that on top of your cable bill, you're spending $50 a month on streaming services, right? Which doesn't really make sense. But you wouldn't know that if you're not tracking your money because the little, de- the little deduction for $6.99 here. here, $9.99 there doesn't seem like a lot when it's happening until you're looking at it over a monthly basis. So you have to track your money. Because when you lose track of your money, that's how you lose your money. And then you're sitting around going, I don't understand. I make a good living. Why do I always feel broke? Well, yeah, because you're not tracking your money. You don't know where your money's going and you don't know how, in fact, your money's being spent. So you got to track your money. And finally, number five, very important one. Decide what you value and allocate your money accordingly. Listen, in every circumstance situation, you will hear someone say, a budget is a representation of your priorities. That is the most truthful statement that you can hear. If I look at your budget and where you allocate your money, I will be able to tell you where your priorities are. Now, you may say something different. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you may say, no, no, no. My, mo- my biggest priority is my kid's education. But when I look at your budgeting, I can see that you're spending an enormous amount of money on rent or you're spending an enormous amount of money on clothing allocations, shoes, sneakers. I can see that you're traveling a lot. I can see that you're going to concerts. And then I see a little small line that you spend on, you know, extra education for your kids. That is the demonstration that your, your, your kids' education is not your highest priority, Right. Your budget or your expenditures in some cases, because many people don't have a budget, is a representation of what you find important. So your highest priority should be represented in your in how you spend your money. A roof over your head might be what you like to say is your highest priority. But when I look at how you spend, it actually looks like buying new shoes and new outfits is really your highest priority because that's where you spend the most of your money or traveling or or any other going to the spa, getting your nails done. Those things might seem like they are higher priorities to you when I look at how you allocate your resources. So you have to decide what you what you value and then allocate accordingly. If the most important thing to you is this, then you need to make sure that that is where you're spending the most of your money and allocating and that you're making sure that you're not allocating any more money to something else that you claim is less important to you. So decide what you value and allocate your money accordingly. So the five ways to walk towards your financial freedom, the five ways I've created for financial emancipation are these things, stop being afraid to talk about money, respect the money you have, honor your debts, track your money, and decide what you value and allocate your money accordingly. With those five things, when you start, when you're starting out, if you just kind of write those down 
and, and, and one sentence as to how you're going to do that. Stop being afraid to talk about money. What does that mean to you? For me, that means talking openly and honestly with those I'm in relationship with, either friendships, family, or romantic, about my feelings for, toward, about money, what, how I spend money, how much money I make, big important one, and where are my, what are my financial values? What do I think about money? For me, respecting the money that you have, for me, that's me saying I will always have a budget, a budget that I can reference in order to make sure that I'm staying on track with how I'm spending my money. That's me respecting the current money that I have. Honoring your debts. For me, that's paying all of my bills on time and, um, and making sure that I don't overextend myself with credit so that I'm owing more money than, I, than, I, than, I, than I'm comfortable owing. And track your money. It's very similar as for me as respecting the money you have, which is having a budget, but also utilizing these mobile apps to constantly be in touch with what I have, where it's going. Um, I started to look more at, I get direct deposit. And for many years, I didn't even really look at the, the this pay stuff. I'm like, as long as my money came in, I don't care. But no, I need to know that, you know, what is getting deducted, how the deductions look. Um, right now, the, there was a change to the 2018 tax law and, um, it, there used to be that when you had, when you earned over, I believe it was 115, you stopped paying social security. They adjusted that number to 128, 400. So if you now, when you get to the point when you earn, and this is in your growth, once you earn 128, 400, you stop contributing to social security. Whereas before, if you earned 115, I believe it was, you, that's when you stopped contributing. So that's like two, it can be about two paychecks, depending on two or three paychecks. And so, um, I had someone who, worked with me come come down in a huff because he was upset because usually in September beginning of September that's when he would hit the 115 mark and that's when he would stop paying social security so he would see a, a increase in his net pay um but he didn't see that and he was upset but he wasn't aware of the tax law change and so I had to explain that to him and so that he could understand that but see he wasn't tracking he wasn't looking at his pay stub I said you should take a look at your pay stub you would see that you're still paying social security so that's what I mean when I say these things are important track your money and finally, deciding what you value and, and allocating your money accordingly. For me, that's saying property ownership, investments are important to me. So I need to make sure I'm shifting my spending into a, a one that looks and reflects my desire to own more and um, spend less on other things that I don't own. So right now, I don't have a car note. You know, I plan on not buying another car, knock on everything, because I, I just want to keep this car going. Um and, and use that, utilize that money instead to invest into more real estate. That's where I'm. That's where I'm saying I want to decide what's, what I value and allocate my money accordingly. So there's a ways that you can do this. A consistent exercise. It's a good way to kind of check in. That's why I wanted to do this now at this point. Um, I, I did a podcast on that almost now two years ago. So being able to to kind of go back to that and, and really expand on it is something I wanted to do to kind of restart after the little two week break. To be able to, and for those of you who maybe kind of started listening, you know, a few months ago or a year ago, and maybe those episodes you weren't, you know, weren't able to, to, to catch up on, I wanted to touch on that as well. And I'm going to be doing some of that this week. There's a few kind of basics that I want to touch on. There's the inevitable trap of credit. I want to go over that again. I want to talk about home ownership and its value um, that it can have in your life and your finances and where in instances where it may not. I want to talk again about retirement, retirement, retirement. You know, I am now 38. I'm approaching my 39th birthday in December. Um, and so, and many of my friends next year will be turning 40. That's the year we turn 40. 
And, you know, it's important to think about your retirement. We don't think about it enough until it's too late. So at 40, you essentially have about 25 more years of working. And 40 is kind of the cutoff point for which you can begin to start contributing to a retirement. And still, if God willing, you live that long, you can still kind of count on at least having something because that'll be 25 years of contribution. But if you are... You know, if you if you haven't started contributing at this point now, you know, being at the late 30s, you know, you're a little bit behind the eight ball. You got to jump on it. And so I want to do a whole episode about the contribution to retirement. I understand there's some things that hinder folks from doing that, but I want to talk about the importance of it again this week. Um, and again, thinking about this as a person, you know, many people do different things as far as employment for very young for the very young part of their life and they never consider contributing to their retirement and you know I have friends who work in elder care and it's really sad when you see people who work their whole life but haven't worked and haven't contributed to a retirement and 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 it can be very sad to see how that impacts your life when you're ill and you no longer can work you know right now as much as we might dislike getting up and going to work you know you're able you're able body you can do it there may come a time in your life where you're not and if you, all you have to rely upon after you're 65 years old is just Social Security, it's going to be very challenging for you to, you know, to have a, a decent elder life if you don't have any any resources. So I'm going to talk about retirement and aging, which will bring in aging parents and things like that and how to take care of that. Um, we had I had a whole episode on estate planning. If you haven't listened to that episode, please, I've gotten so much feedback from that episode. Go back and listen to it. Estate planning, it was really one of those, it was a, that was another kind of labor of love kind of episode because it, it, it plays close to home for me having lost both my parents, but it's also, you know, it's also something for myself to know that I feel safe in the world knowing that if something happened to me, everything about my finances is kind of laid out. I don't have children yet, um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, to become a parent and be able to have these things kind of settled in. So that's episode 173, which is what are you doing with your will? check that out look into that estate planning so there's some things that i'm covering and i want to kind of touch back on them again make sure you contact me and let me know the things you want to hear about you you want to hear about hit me on the dms um follow me on instagram if you're not already financial emancipation um you can dm me any topics or anything you want to hear me discuss i'm still looking for guests so for, for the month of october i'm looking for guests who want to discuss specific financial situations that they've been in and how they've overcome it. I'm looking for those guests in the month of October as well. I'm looking for a follow-up. I'm going to do a follow-up episode on the dating and relation, d- dating relationships and money episode. I'm going to bring back Shauna and Chantel, but I'm also looking for more women who'd like to be on that um, panel as well as I'd like to have a man. If there's a man out there and you're listening or you know a man, tell him about this. I'd like to hear from a male's perspective about... Um, the dating and relationships and money because again like the article that's out there is talking about men um basically being the reason that women aren't married is because men are broken i'd love to hear men's perspective on that so that's what we're doing for the month of october um it it should be it should be fun and interesting um to talk to folks and stuff so hit me up on dms financial emancipation on instagram if you have a question for me send me an email malik m-a-l-i-e-k at the financial emancipation dot com Thank you so much for joining me today for this recap, kind of restart, reminder episode. And um, we're going to go over that, you know, for the next couple of weeks. Just give us some reminders on some important things that help us walk towards our financial freedom. 
So again, thank you again for joining me. And I hope you'll be back as we continue to discuss the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Have a great day.